Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way podcast. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie, and welcome to the Harder Way podcast. You know what? What? I've got the joy, joy, (laughs) joy, joy down in my heart. Where? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do have joy in my heart. I might be in pain. I might not be happy. I might be struggling, but I have joy in my heart, and that joy comes from my connection to Jesus and my relationship with him. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Do you have any joy? Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's good what you just said. You said, you know, you have joy, but you clarified where that joy comes from, right? That it comes from that connection to Christ. You know, Jesus told us after his uh, abide message where he's talking about, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. Um, Right after that, he tells his followers that the reason he told them that he's spoken these things to them, that they might have joy, that his joy would remain in them and that their joy would be full. He says that in John 15, 11. So if we want to know where joy comes from, Joy comes from Jesus. Joy comes from Jesus. Joy comes from abiding in him. Yeah, and when we say joy, we're not talking about, you know, ha, 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 and that can be part of it, but really joy is about that abiding sense of contentment and fulfillment that Mm. we can have. And there are many people who have the, you know, rich people, famous people who will share, yeah, I have pleasures, but but I don't have joy. I have... um, you know, I have lots of content, but I don't have fulfillment. Mm. I don't. I have lots of happy haha, but not a lot of moments of peace and that abiding sense of being okay. I never feel right. I never feel okay. There's an emptiness inside. It's an of emptiness them. inside of them, and so and we follow suit. We 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 tend to follow suit and try to find uh, joy uh, because I think there's a drive in us to have joy, mm-hmm. uh, we try to find it in worldly ways and it's they never come through for us. They might give us a momentary substitution, but they don't give us the real thing. You know, uh, when I first time I went to the persecuted church, I had this idea that I was going to um, encounter these downtrodden, depressed, sad, pe- broken people. All just, you know, grayscale yeah, grayscale. That's good. <laughs> Just like a grayscale, like Soviet film from the 1950s. Yeah, cloud over their head. Yeah. Kind of an Eeyore, mm-hmm. we'll never make it, we're doomed kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And I found these people, uh, some were laughing, but they had this joy, this sense of contentment and fulfillment and wholeness and purpose that I had never encountered to any degree amongst American Christians or most other people I knew, for that matter. In fact, nobody I knew growing up had that kind of joy. Hmm. I was shocked. And, I, and you know, the first thing was, I was like, I recognized joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, we don't talk about that. But and 
um, obviously these Christians here know something I don't. So, and of course, as an American Christian, my first thought is it must be knowledge-based. Oh, yeah, because right? as American Christians, we're Greek thinkers. Yeah. You know, right? America, American culture is based on, on Hellenism, uh, Greek philosophy. And so we have that idea that every problem can be solved by just understanding more, right. knowing more. Right. So there must be some secret knowledge that they have that we don't have. And it really wasn't about knowledge. It was about experience. It was about mm. the, the more of the Semitic or the Jew, the Hebrew Jewish kind of worldview, which is the their walk with the Lord. Mm. That sense of His abiding presence in all of their experiences. So when they are arrested, when their Bibles are taken from them, when they are threatened, when they lose their jobs and opportunities, when they lose access to food or to um, uh, maybe travel and just, and I say travel, I just mean like being able to go to the next town. I don't mean right. Not, vacation. we're not talking about vacations here. Right? When they lose all of those things, it's about them experiencing the feeling of the presence of Jesus with them in those moments. And so that builds their sense of joy because that fruit of the spirit, you know, the Bible says there's a peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we could say there's a joy that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. There's a joy that doesn't make any sense. Like there should be no joy in your life. Your life is terrible. And yet right. there's this joy. Why? They have Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from an American Western perspective, the countries where Christians are being severely persecuted, you're looking at these Christians and saying, not only are you being persecuted for your faith, not only are you suffering from restriction, but you're also dealing with a great level of lack, you know, whether it's lacking material goods, lacking the ability to travel, lacking medical care. There are many, many things that they do not have. And so in our minds as Americans, we're thinking, well, we should be happier because we have so much and they have so little in comparison. But they have so much mm -hmm. and we have so little in comparison yep. when it comes to having Jesus. And that's that's what really matters because it's like you were mentioning earlier and something that is kind of a phenomenon that we see, which is how many celebrities commit suicide. How many celebrities die of overdoses? How many celebrities, you know, have these horrible relationships with everyone in their life? You would think that they would be, should be the happiest, most joyful people because so. they have everything in the world yeah. they could want, right? And yeah. the ability to get anything they don't have. Right. And yet many of them are so empty inside because despite having the whole world and all of the riches and all of the opportunities, they don't have that lasting fullness of joy that only comes through abiding in Christ. You know, it's like there's always another problem. There's always True. another worry. Solve one and then <laughs> ten more appear. Yeah. Right? It's like on my my old my old car. You fix one thing and then something else breaks, or you or you realize, oh, there's another rattle somewhere, or there's there's yeah. shifting hard or something. And you're thinking, well, I better. Woe is me. I only have this 20-year-old car. Let me tell you what happened last time I was in Cuba. The government made an announcement that people were allowed to purchase vehicles. Because mm. in a this communist country, they hadn't allowed that. Right. And they had a price list. You ready for this? Okay. A van 
like a Ford van, or maybe it was a Volkswagen. I don't think it was an American-made van, but it was a van. And it had about 250,000 miles on it. It's about 10 years old. Okay. They could buy it for 100000 $100,000. Yeah, not pesos. Dollars. Wow. Where do you even get that money? And yeah. Americans, we're like, we're all freaking out because we can't afford to buy Teslas. You yeah. Know? And, and you know, get our electric vehicles. Imagine that kind of money. That's, that is insanity. I clarified. Are you saying pesos? Not pesos. Dólares americano. I was like, no wow. way. So, um, you know, we... We think that um, joy can come in the material, but it doesn't. Joy comes in the master. Mm. And I think joy comes not only in our connection to the master, but it's in doing things the master's way. Right. right? Exactly. Because we're always trying to do things the American way. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, uh, confront our problems confront and I, or, or confront uh, the person that we've, that's, that's um, hurt our feelings. I'm going to confront you. I'm going to make you know what you did. Well, that might be appropriate, but it might also be appropriate for you to pray for them and for you to, how would Jesus handle that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes he confronted and sometimes he just forgave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and sometimes he didn't, he didn't directly can deal with things at all. Uh, he just let people kind of sit in their, in their folly. And I think doing, learning to do things Jesus's way Rather than doing them our own way and the way of the flesh really leads us to joy. So how is the harder way Jesus's way? And how does that lead to joy? What do you think? Well, we, I think we, we know that the harder way is Jesus's way because the harder way is what is laid out for us in scripture. And we know that the Bible is the book of Jesus. And so any, anything that the Bible tells us, we know that's Jesus's way. I think that's the most obvious uh, answer to that question. But we can also see it manifested in his life, as we see described in the Gospels. The fact that he um, was not out for his own gain. The fact that he um, was not there to defend himself. That he was not there to fight for his own rights, to seek justice for himself. But that he was constantly focused on doing the the mission and work of the father and doing uh what he was sent to do uh here on earth that was his ultimate focus so i would i think that's right and i would i would say one of the things i learned about persecuted pastors when i was doing my doctoral research is that their lives are focused around the people Mm -hmm. the person and the priorities of jesus they're they're literally focused around other believers mm-hmm. or growing the church about Je- around Jesus himself and around the priorities of Jesus which is basically love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself right and then also going into all the world and being his witnesses that's really his priorities and so that's where their focus is and i think that's where the joy is well, and can we talk a little bit, maybe uh, dispel some some misconceptions? I think that when we talk about persecuted Christians and we say, you know, their life is centered around uh, the person, the people, the prior priorities of Jesus, we get this idea of kind of an asceticism, right, where uh, everything is just this, everything is just quote unquote spiritual, right, where it's 
you know, all you're doing is just sitting and praying all day and reading your Bible and that's it. And you, and you can't do anything that's quote unquote fun. You can't do anything that could possibly be seen as, as, oh, that's frivolous because you just need to be reading your Bible or you just need to be praying. Um, is that what that looks like in the persecuted church? They're just sitting around praying all day and never doing anything fun or. I think that, uh, that their fun number one is focused more around the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So they're, they find joy in, uh, church gatherings when they can do them on mission trips. And, you know, a lot of times these pastors in the city will get on a donkey and ride out to the countryside, but there's no roads and, and, and do missions to these rural areas um, which are oftentimes uh, place bastions of witchcraft and mm. folk religions where they really need evangelism. Uh, and they, and they find joy and purpose in that. Um, uh, they, they like to share stories and they find joy and, and, and they find, you know, some levity in some of the stories. I, I mean, I met one pastor, uh, uh, persecuted in a persecuted church and I told him a joke. Mm-hmm. We were with him for three days. He kind of went around with us to different and introduced us to different people and took us to different pastors. And I don't think I heard the end of his jokes. He must have told me a hundred jokes. Really? And he just loved to laugh. Mm. He loved to be happy. Yeah. Because. And he, that's fine. He was happy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, um, you know, he's, he's painting his church, his little, his little uh, house church. He's painting it with a paintbrush that probably that has probably less, you know, bristles on it than Homer Simpson's head. I mean, it's just a few little horse hairs on there. He's, he's painting a building with it, taking him forever. Yeah. Um, and he's happy. He's just happy to have the paintbrush and he's happy to have a little, you know, uh, can of, uh, that some green beans or something came in that he can put some paint in and use that to paint. I mean, he's just finding the joy in all of those moments and he's finding the laughter and the, and the comedy in life. And, and uh, uh, to me, that's an example. I mean, I want to see, but it's not just the laughter. It's that joy. It's that contentment. It's that peace. Well, and taking the opportunity, though, because I, I really want to hit on this point because I think that we really go one of two ways in the United States because, you know, we just have to go to the extremes on everything. It's either life is just about being happy and feeling good and you become totally hedonistic or as Christians we will become... Uh, caught up in this asceticism where it's anything that could be perceived as fun is evil and sinful and you're not supposed to be laughing or smiling or celebrating. You just need to be taking everything super serious and be somber. But, you know, you've shared that they have celebrations in the persecuted church. You know, I've seen myself things that have been sent back that are being, you know, just little gifts and decorations and things that are done just for the purpose of making someone smile, of bringing a little bit of joy, not some, oh, I, I can't do this because I, I need to be praying instead, or we can't, you know, have a birthday party for somebody because, you know, that's that's too worldly, right? right? And I think that's really important because that's really what I feel like kind of needs to be hit on is that when you have the true abiding fullness of joy that comes from a connection with Christ, you can have fun and enjoyment and celebration that is pure and untainted from worldliness and sin 
because it's not coming from a place of looking to just make yourself feel good or coming from a place um, of selfishness, but it's coming as an outworking of the joy of Christ that is within you. You know, we, you know, I've talked about the example of, you know, a, like a birthday, right? And when you're in the persecuted church and you're living with so little mm-hmm. and you have no medical care and, you know, there's no f- food hardly, you really learn to appreciate what it is to be blessed with another year of life. Well, you think about... Um... I just read a thing, this an article this morning that uh, uh, saw a little blurb about um, Jack Daniels, the guy that made, that made the whiskey company. How he died. Mm-hmm. He was basically having a temper tantrum and he kicked his safe a bunch of times and messed up his toe and got an infection, which turns gangre- which turned gangrenous, and killed him. Wow! Right. Uh, I think that's tr- it was it was seemed like a reliable source, so it could be made up. But the point is, either way, it can serve as the illustration. <laughs> the po- it serves as an illustration of, you know, life is very delicate. People don't in America we don't realize how delicate it is because we have so much medicine. I can we think we're in control right. because we have medicine. I mean, and- if I want to go brute force, I get a, I have an infection going on. I run up to the, the drugstore, I get myself some uh, some hydrogen peroxide, open that wound up, and just pour it in there and 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 let it take away the infection. And I'm and then, and I can get antibiotics, and I can go to a hospital, and I can get a wound stitched up, and mm-hmm. I, right, and uh, <coughs> even just having clean water to, to you know to use on a, on an injury of some sort right. is something that many people around the world are not blessed. So I have with. I have all of these tremendous blessings, and so we can be come to a place to where we lose the joy that comes from acknowledging that God has gotten us through another year of life. Yep. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And so, and so. Um, yes, the persecuted church, we do see celebrations of, of moments. We see celebrations of events. We see uh, uh, joy and happiness and appreciation. And that's all really focused towards the Lord, thanksgiving mm-hmm. to him. Not, I'm so great because look how I provided for my family. Mm-mm. But, wow, look how the Lord gave me an opportunity to yeah. provide for my family or to, uh, or to, uh, um, to, to live through this year, despite everything saying I shouldn't live. Yes. Right. And so then a birthday becomes a different kind of celebration. But, but, um, I think that joy goes hand in hand with living the harder way because in the persecuted church, their persecution requires them to make a hard choice. They have to either choose, I'm going to walk away from my faith and I'm going to take, I'm going to compromise, walk away from my faith. I'm going to take the easy way, the easier way. Uh, it's none of it's easy. Or I'm going to not fight, not flee, not compromise. I'm going to stand in my faith and I'm going to follow the Lord and to and take the consequences that come. And my only way of survival is to cling to Jesus. Yeah. And it's in level that up comes relief. joy. Well, in the harder way, what we're trying to do is help people understand taking bridging the free and restricted church, taking that wisdom from them and their experience. How can we do this voluntarily here? Because we have those two choices that they have, but we have a third choice, which is ride the fence. Yeah, a have, choice that they don't that they are not given. Have at this one point. foot in that walkaway world, have one foot in that faithful world, and have our seat planted right on the fence. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that gets you is splinters. And then when the, and when uh, uh, in a place you don't want them, and then when when hardship and try and, and it robs you of 
the momentary pleasures that might come in life. If you are not in the church, you might have some momentary pleasures. And it also robs you of the joy, the fruit of the spirit that comes through abiding in Christ. It comes through from leaning upon him in, in, in his and his providence to care for us, take care of us, provide for us, keep us healthy, right? And then it denies us that real lasting and abiding fruit of the spirit, among which is joy. I think if we're looking at the harder way and looking at how that basically gets us to a place where we can have that joy, that contentment, that enjoyment in our lives. I think one of the keys there is number one, we know that the fuel for the harder way is abiding in Christ. And we know we talked about earlier, Jesus saying, you know, I've told you to abide in me so that you can have joy in me and that your joy may be full. Um, we know that in scripture, we're told in Proverbs ten twenty eight that the hope of the righteous is joy. We're told in Psalm sixteen eleven that in God's presence is the fullness of joy. So we know that that's the fuel for the harder way and that that's the foundation for joy is that meaningful relationship with the Lord. But I think a lot of it also comes down to making that switch from being an owner to being a steward, mm. making that shift from two kingdoms to one kingdom. Right. Because how much of our stress and how much of what robs us of our joy and our ability to have joy and contentment and enjoyment, how much of that can be tied back to the stress, the anxiety, the emotions that come from our trying to control everything, all of our relationships, all of the outcomes. We feel the weight of the world on our shoulders because we're acting as owners. But in the persecuted church, the persecuted Christians are acting as stewards. And so they don't feel that weight of the world because they're living in the truth of Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. Well, and in the explanation of that verse is really kind of the summation of our podcast today. Yeah. Because when he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light, the word yoke was used to refer to um, what it meant to follow a rabbi. And they were, you know, a rabbi might make uh, that was going to be your teacher. They might become a disciple of them. It might they might have all kinds of, you've got to bring me tea, and you've got to wash my feet, and you've got to mm, memorize all this, all and... these rules, and this kind of slave labor service. And Jesus is like, just just come. Just I'm not going to. I'm not going to get you all caught up in all that stuff. It's just about you and me and our this relationship. Follow me. I mean, it's going to cost. It's going to yeah. cost you, right? Because you've got to take up your cross. And follow him. You've got to, you know, leave your old life and 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 follow him into a new life. But he says it's easy and it's light. And and when your life is easy, it's and your life is light, then there's room for joy. Yes. But when it's all about the struggle to get mine, to get what I deserve, mm-hmm. to keep up with the neighbors, to get the. They got a new boat that's bigger. I need a new boat that's bigger. They got a new car. I need a new car. They just did this in their lawn. I got to do that on my lawn. They went on a vacation to Barbados. I've got to go at least to at least Ho- that far. <laughs> at least to Hawaii, you know, something more pedestrian. Um, 
you know, and, and you, we don't even think about it. It's just inside these internal drives, this spirit of competition that's inside of us, this, you know, and then. And well, and that spirit of competition, we've mentioned in a podcast before, uh, comes from viewing yourself as an owner and not a steward. Yep. And so when you switch from that two kingdom mindset to the one kingdom mindset, all of the stress and anxiety and burden that comes from competition completely goes away. Yeah, because when you're not an owner, you're a steward. Our dad in heaven loves us mm-hmm. and wants to give us good gifts and yes. wants to have a great relationship with us and wants to grow us to be more like Jesus and wants to involve us in the family business. Mm-hmm. And so that's all available to us. And in that, you know, as stewards, you might say, well, um, it's like being in the military. Sometimes you get posted in on the demilitarized zone in South Korea, and sometimes you get you get posted in Hawaii, yeah. and sometimes you get posted on a base where the military housing is brand new. When I was, I remember when I was a kid, we lived in Guam. Dad was in the Navy, and our first housing was this really old housing, and it was in a great spot. Literally, it was our backyard. There was a fence, a small cliff, and then the ocean. That's wow. kind of cool. Yeah. But but we Great we only view. lived there a couple of months and they moved us to brand new housing and it was nice. And wow. and so sometimes you get to live in brand new housing. When I was sometimes I lived in barracks, my first barracks I lived in were literally I was the first person to live in my room in the barracks. And they wow. were nice barracks. The next place, uh not so much. <laughs> they were like on their last leg. And I and one time we were I was in housing where it had been officers housing when Lincoln was president. Oh wow! Literally, that's wild. We had a washer and dryer down in the horse stable, oh. below the below the building. I mean, it was so. It's like serving God's the same way. He has you where He has you for a reason. You maybe have the abundance of wealth where you can <coughs> you can give away tons of money and you can buy a new car every year and or, or whatever it is. And He may have you in a place where you know you just barely have enough to get by and you're just on the brink of starvation. But you have enough. And either way, if we realize that I'm with God, he loves me, he's taking care of me, I have exactly what he wants me to have, no more, no less. Mm -hmm. How do I steward this? Mm -hmm. How do I steward my relationships? How do I steward uh, whatever he gives me? How do I steward the people around me? I just repeated myself in different words. but Because it's super important. So you got to say it two times. Be redundant and say it twice. Um, But if if I'm looking at those things, then I find joy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because wealth can be a burden, so can poverty. Yes. But if I'm stewarding wealth or stewarding poverty, then they can be a joy because I can be in the will of God no matter my circumstance. Yes, because when we're not seeking to control, mm. when we're not seeking to get the outcomes to be what we want them to be or what we think they should be, and we're able to just sit and appreciate what it is that God is doing in our lives, how he's growing us, how he's blessed us, being able to see even the smallest things in our life, lives as a blessing and provision from him, that's when we're able to have that incredible joy. Because yes, our ultimate hope, right, is you know the new heavens and the new earth and that, that resurrection to eternal life. That, of course, is our ultimate hope. Yes. Uh, and our ultimate joy comes from that. But we know that... Jesus has given us the gift of joy 
now. He's yes. given yes. us the ability to have joy and contentment and enjoyment, uh, you know, to, to have celebration here in our lives now. You know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, that famous verse we all know, I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And we get confused sometimes in America. We hear the word abundance and we think money, 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 material, material, material. But that abundance, that abundant life is a joy filled life. And you can be the richest, wealthiest person in the world and have the least abundant life in the world because there's no joy. And you can be a Christian that is being incredibly persecuted, that's fearing for your life, that has nothing materially. And you can be the person who has the most abundant life because you have the most joy. Amen to that. You know, if you want to uh, learn a little more about uh, the persecuted church, what we've learned from them, here are some of our frontline reports right mm-hmm. as they come off the presses, yeah. kind of more complete stories. We have a, a courier update that we do, and it's uh, it comes right to your mailbox. It's like old-fashioned letter. And I always like to point out that during uh, COVID, when people were giving different opinions about things, the social media could shut down opinions, but nobody shut down the, the yep, no, nobody exactly. shut down the old fashioned mail. So <coughs> we'd love to send that to you on a monthly basis and uh, give you something that uh, you could read with your family, or you can just read and pray over it. Get, um, uh, again, we don't ever ask for money or donations. We just ask. We'll ask. We will ask you for prayer um, to get that. Send an email to nationsforjc at gmail.com. So that's just nations, N-A-T-I-O-N-S, the number four, and then JC, like Jesus Christ, no spaces, at gmail.com. Send that and just say, I want the career update. I'm going to send you back a link to a Google Doc, uh, and you just fill that out with your information, and then we'll put you on our mailing list, and we'll start getting that career update to you. I think you'll really be blessed by Mm it, and I really think it's information that you need. Uh, yes. To help you really navigate the times that we're in and understand the world around you through the lens of the persecuted church. Um, anyway, all I got to say is if you get on the harder way, choose faith over fear, learn to abide in Jesus, you will be able to sing the words of the old children's song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. What about you, Maddie? I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart too. And I hope that everybody who's listening today is able to uh, get to that point for themselves as well. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.